Testing, testing. We are live and ready to record. Hello, everybody. Hi, this is take four. You don't know that, but this is take four. <laughs> We're ready this time. We had to get in the right mindset. Yes. We're here. We're ready. It's Saturday, so our blurry... Our brains are loading. Beep boop. <laughs> it's... Yeah, we're good. Happy okay. happy uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, everyone. Yeah! Go celebrate and honor him for everything he did for our, our country. Yes. Read about him, talk about him, watch the I Have a Dream speech. Oh, I love watching it with the students. I do as well. They get really excited. They do, and it's a great conversation. It is. So please do that and enjoy your day with your family and loved ones. Stay safe, stay healthy. Mm, stay healthy. And I apologize for any of my brain malfunctions. It was our first week back. <laughs> I know we only had three days and I I went home last night. I was like, I'm tired. I crashed hard. Yeah. Getting back into a routine is uh, challenging. Difficult. Very difficult. <laughs> but we weren't the only ones to think that. Yeah. I had multiple teachers come up to me and they're like, this is the longest short week of my life. Mm. I said, yeah same it was but it wasn't it was weird because it was yeah friday even i mean it was friday and i forgot about the newsletter because i'm responsible mm, for the newsletter that's right and it was like 3 45 and i was like oh shoot i have to go do that right now right because <laughs> it's friday and it did not feel like a friday yeah but it's fine we made it through the week we First are week here we're thriving somewhat surviving i was like thriving you are <laughs> <laughs> no no it's okay it'll get easier from here especially as like we actually get into our routines mm-hmm. this week was like i'm there but i'm not there if you know what i mean <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> which which I'm, does not have to do with what we're talking about like, today but like because that's not gonna segue no it's not gonna segue <laughs> taylor what are we talking about today so we are going to talk about one of the five dysfunctions that we were discussing with allison westerland way back i think what a couple episodes ago at least a few episodes ago yeah so if you have not listened to the episode with allison westerland on the dysfunctions of a team no I yeah. have the book right in front of me. The five dysfunctions of a team. Mm-hmm. You should go and listen to that episode because we talk with pro Allison Westerland mm-hmm. um, about the five dysfunctions. And we talk about this book in general written by Patrick Lynchoni. Lynchoni. Is mm-hmm. how she pronounced it. Yeah. Um, and she really is the pro in all of this. But in that episode, we break down the five dysfunctions that can hurt a team, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Um, and it's a triangle format, which I did post on the Instagram. So if you're like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You can go look at that. Um, so we started with the base of this triangle being the absence of trust and how that can hurt a team. Then the next tier would be the fear of conflict. Third tier is lack of commitment. Fourth tier is the avoidance of accountability. And then the fifth tier being inattention to results. And we had a really nice conversation about what each of those meant Mm -hmm. and we semi touched on how to resolve those right i believe i mean i felt that that conversation with allison was amazing and i do i love that episode and i'm kind of looking forward to going back and listen to listening to it again (laughs) there's that brain (laughs) um but yeah i i would say it was Oh, there, my microphone. Um, <laughs> it went, we went into it and I'm excited to go into just trust in this episode. Right. So, so as we were saying, one of the dysfunctions that a team can face is the lack or absence of trust within your team members. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is the base, the foundation of this triangle, meaning in my opinion, it's like where it all starts. You really yeah. can't build a successful team unless you have trust yes and back when we were talking with Allison the first time I heard trust uh I thought it was more like trusting your teammates to get their stuff done do you remember Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. piece yeah but that's not what this trust is this trust is more of the fact that you can trust this human being you know morally ethically Mm. stuff like that yes so I did read um, the five dysfunctions of a team (laughs) more so I read the back half which is like actually disfining disfining (laughs) what does that mean Taylor (laughs) send 
help <laughs> all the help defining each of the dysfunctions <laughs> and finding ways to resolve them and mm-hmm. there was a ton of information just in the chapter of um absence of trust mm-hmm. so let's break that apart today shall right. we yeah we're going we're going to continue our um like you break it down i, I was just gonna down. say that yeah so last episode was i mean my two-part episode and it was great <laughs> um was was on me and so this one's all on you taylor yeah i did yeah. the research and skylar is gonna be I'm, the comma commenti commentator commentator that yes. was the right word huh commenti <laughs> is that a word <laughs> now it is now it is we're putting in the dictionary so let's let's define what the absence of trust really means shall we do it so quoted by patrick himself he re or he writes i should say trust lies at the heart of a functioning cohesive team without it teamwork is all but impossible mm. And the definition in regards to trust of building a team is trust is the confidence among team members and their peers intention that their intentions are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no reason to be protective or careful around the group. And in essence, the teammates must get comfortable being vulnerable with one another. Mm-hmm. So I remember Allison saying it is, I think she called it vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. based trust. Perfect. Yep. Um, and this is when experience on teams that did not trust each other mm-hmm. was not good. Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to relate to your team members in a way and be able to be yourself. What episode was it that we were talking about? It was it was our last episodes. When we were talking about how you have to be yourself. Oh, yeah. In order your to character. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you are not being yourself mm-hmm. and you're not being vulnerable and honest and open then you're not being a great team player. Yes. So like Allison said, this is different from the trust that's centered around ability Mm -hmm. to protect, to predict a person's behavior based on past experience. Yes. Um, And he continues to say that team members make themselves vulnerable to one another. And we need to be confident that our vulnerabilities are not going to be used against ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Being able to be open and honest about, maybe something that you messed up on and Mm. ensuring that it's not going to be thrown back at you later as a slap in the face. Mm. So vulnerabilities can include weaknesses, skill deficiencies, interpersonal shortcomings, mistakes, requests for help. I mean, I personally had to request help Mm. from my team a couple weeks ago because I was drowning with all the work. Yeah. Um, and I just had to be upfront and honest about it. Like, I am mm-hmm. not able at this time to complete X task. Can you all help me out? And yeah. they did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll, you might be able to relate to this one. Mm. Um, within our school, personally, one of my biggest vulnerabilities is that I was not trained in the classical arts. Mm, yes. And I saw this as like a shortcoming uh-huh. of myself because there are so many very intelligent (laughs) people at our school that were trained in classical liberal arts and I was always afraid to say that I was not and Mm -hmm. that I didn't read the classics like I read some but not many Mm -hmm. unfortunately and luckily when I did come to terms with my vulnerabilities and I did express them Mm -hmm. the school and our team did a really great job in helping me grow yes in classics yeah I I mean I also don't come from uh, liberal arts education um, but I feel like even though I don't they they still I don't want to say accept me for what I am um, but they do I mean they appreciate my skills as a teacher more so than my education background well and I think we bring strengths to the team that other people don't mm-hmm. as well and yeah. we are appreciated and acknowledged for that as mm-hmm. well yeah I would agree with that and I mean I know they look for us to speak up at seminars and things like that but that's where it's difficult for me because mm-hmm. I don't have that seminar experience from right from high school or whatever it might be um to where I don't feel I always 
tell myself I don't feel smart enough to reply. Um, and right. And it, it's that feeling of, wow, I'm surrounded by so many intelligent people that I feel like if I say something, it's going to sound dumb. Have you, do you feel different now that we are like becoming more experienced in that I area? mean, especially I think there was the seminar on the ugly duckling that we did this year. Was yeah. That, that was this yeah, year, right? Yeah, that was this year. I felt a lot better in that seminar. I think it really depends on who's in the seminar and that comes back to trust as well. Um, like yes. if our headmaster was in our seminar, I probably wouldn't have said anything because I don't want to sound I hate to use the word dumb, but I don't want to sound dumb. Um, but it's intimidating. It is intimidating. Um, and I, but you know, fortunately, I was able to speak up and I was able to say a few things in that certain seminar. But I don't think I'd ever. And I don't want to say this, but it's hard for me to imagine speaking up at a full faculty seminar because that's a lot to. Well, and think it's about. so my experience. For those of you that don't know what a seminar is, it's when, sorry, I took my dog's phone away. <laughs> He's not having <laughs> it. Was loud. Um, my experience, well, I forgot what I was saying. The seminar itself is when you sit in a big circle and yes. you analyze a text. Um, and typically ours is of classical nature. And so my experience was my first, I would say two years, I never spoke up um, to the point where my headmaster noticed. Mm-hmm. And one day in a feedback meeting, she said, you know, it's a goal of mine to speak out more in seminar. And she was very vulnerable with me and saying, I'm not always comfortable in doing that. Mm. And it even makes her nervous Yeah, because I don't think she was trained in the classical liberal arts. Mm. And you would never know that. (laughs) Well, and I felt like I could relate to her in Mm -hmm. that way. And I was able to open up about my vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I have been pushing myself to open up and say more during seminar times and even though it's intimidating and you're afraid that you'll say all the wrong things Mm -hmm. I like to think that there are more of us more of us than not that feel the same way that we do about seminar and sounding intelligent enough to partake in the conversation yeah so. That was kind of a little side tangent from trust, but it, I mean, it does. <laughs> no, but it falls you have to on think it. about like trusting the people around you to be vulnerable and to speak up yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it goes on to say as a result of being vulnerable, teammates can, can, blah, 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 can focus completely on the job at hand rather than being strategically disingenuous or political mm. with one another. And mm-hmm. political in this means is like, having one conversation with one person and then having a side conversation with somebody else afterwards that is not genuine yes and goes basically behind their back yeah it's kind of like what you wouldn't like say in front of your teammates but maybe you then go like you and I would if we were to go on the side and say something right. completely different that we wouldn't have said in and front. it wouldn't be productive to our team no Um, So teams, basically what I want out of this episode is for you to analyze your team. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do is show what teams with an absence of trust to look like. So why is it damaging to a team? Mm -hmm. Then I want to show the opposite. Teams with trust will be able to do X, Y, and Z. And then I really wanted to wrap it up with saying how you can analyze your team and then achieve trust. Mm -hmm. So if you are a team that is lacking in trust or if you feel like this is an area of opportunity for you and your team, you can take this and run with it. Good. So teams without trust tend to conceal their weaknesses and mistakes from one another. Mm. Um, It is difficult to be vulnerable. Yeah, to admit to your mistakes. That's something I've grown in a lot. I feel like this past year, more so in front of my students, Mm -hmm. but just admitting your mistakes. Absolutely. And we have to talk about her. Um, I'm very grateful to have Carter on our team because Mm -hmm. I'm at a point, and I think you could say the same, where we are very comfortable with her and we feel as though admitting our mistakes and being upfront and honest with one another Mm -hmm. is so helpful yeah um so concealing their weaknesses and mistakes 
teams with an absence of trust also hesitate to ask for help. Mm. Uh, they also do not provide constructive feedback. Mm. They I, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I feel like that's something our team does really well. Yes. Well, um, I know like Carter came in to observe my TA and mm-hmm. a lesson that he felt he, or that he created. And so she was able to then give him constructive feedback so I just feel like we're open to that constructive feedback and we ask for it because we we wouldn't grow without Mm -hmm. it as as much as we do yes um teammates with an absence of trust or teams I should say Mm -hmm. also hesitate to offer help Mm -hmm. outside of their areas of responsibility um again Carter and I decided to split math responsibilities this semester and I feel like it's been really exciting at least for me to dive into a new area of responsibility that I haven't had before yeah because you've had spelling for a long time uh, four three four years at least three three yeah um these teams tend to jump to conclusions about the intentions and aptitudes of others without attempting to clarify them Mm. which in itself is toxic yes these teams waste time and energy managing their beliefs or excuse me their behaviors for effect they hold grudges. Mm. If you're going to work holding a grudge, your mindset, your mental space is not going to be healthy. And that affects your students. Yeah, more. it does. And, and above all, like that's the most important thing is being there for your students. But if you're holding a grudge against a teacher or a faculty member, it's just right. That's not good for your classroom environment. Well, and outside, right? Like I think of my mom's business. Like mm-hmm. if she's going into work holding grudges against somebody else, the entire environment of that workspace is going to be off. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, these teams dread meetings and find reasons to avoid spending time together. And we did in an episode on effective meetings. And mm-hmm. I, I can't speak for you, I really enjoy our time spent together yeah because it is productive it's effective and I feel like I can get things done yeah like I have a task list Mm -hmm. I feel like I get something out of our meeting right and I remember back when I was student teaching the principal at my school said you know that the environment's off when people do not want to come to your meeting oh yeah and be a part of the meeting Mm mm-hmm And there's always going to be someone that dreads going to the faculty professional development or what have Mm -hmm. you. Um, But I always try. I'm that person that if they come and say that to me, I'm like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this or Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So different mindset. (laughs) Yeah. So teams with trust will admit their weaknesses. It's basically the opposite of everything I just said. They will ask for help. They will accept questions and, um, and I must have typed that wrong. I was like, what is that I think word? it's supposed to say about their areas of responsibility. Oh, okay. um, they give each other the benefit of the doubt before arriving at a negative conclusion, which mm-hmm. I know that I've needed the benefit of the doubt, especially as I like do the literature units, yeah. you know, and mess things up. Yeah. It's always nice to get the benefit of the doubt oh yes <laughs> it, i swear it's not intentional mm-hmm. um these teams also take risks in offering feedback and assistance they appreciate and tap into one another's skills and experiences they focus their time and energy on important issues and not politics mm-hmm. they offer and accept apologies without hesitation and they look forward to the meetings and the other opportunities to work as a group so Do a little Mm self-evaluation. See where your team is at just by listening to those checkpoints. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you feel as though your team has an area of opportunity and growing in the area of trust, take a listen to the next steps. (laughs) Um, So how you achieve trust. So Patrick Lincioni opens with saying how difficult it is to achieve trust within a team. And I think that's totally fair to oh, say. Yeah. I mean, you're all so many different personalities all coming together. And, um, you know, some people trust easily and some people don't trust easily. Right. Um, so I can see how it could be difficult. And even just looking at our team, I feel like we do have that trust. But then, you know, there's some there's, there's always room for there's growth, always room for growth. So I, I can see how it can be difficult to build that trust. Well, and then I think about the turnover rates, too, mm, you know, yes. like especially in teaching 
but every year there's new faces mm-hmm. every single year you're going to have someone new and when we were talking with Allison we thought like how in the beginning of the year can we establish trust mm-hmm. so these are some of the ways I'm going to list mm-hmm. but um, often one of the thing that hinders people from being able to trust one another is mm-hmm. that competitive spirit mm-hmm. which being an Aries we all know I have that <laughs> and I apologize but <laughs> it's just like in my nature to be competitive and I think mm-hmm. that's growing up with sports and just yeah maybe it's a generational thing probably not but yeah. um that is what hinders or one of the things that can hinder a team from connecting is that competitiveness is that competitiveness you oh, know like okay. wanting to outdo and I think like sales people mm. you know always wanting to outdo their neighbor okay. um but it's, it's challenging to turn off those instincts. Yes. Yeah. Um, he says that it requires shared experiences over time, multiple instances of follow through and credibility and an in-depth understanding of the unique attributes of team members. So I, that just, I just think of like, I love how our school does like our holiday party and things mm-hmm. like that so that we can see each other in non-school setting Yeah. so that I can get to know you as a person. Yes. Um, I yeah I I think sharing those different experiences and I think we as a team could do better about like maybe meeting up to have dinner at and we've talked about it yeah we were gonna do that this month but fourth grade did a really good job with that that. shout out to you fourth grade yeah um but it's true like at least our admin plans dinners for us at Mm -hmm. one of the administrators houses but we should be taking it upon ourselves to do this as well Mm mm-hmm And that kind of ties into what we can do to establish trust. So one of the suggestions he brings forward is called the personal histories exercise. And they say that this can take less than an hour, but it has a minimum of at least 30 minutes, Mm. which I think is interesting that he put a minimum time allotment on there. Mm -hmm. But he does want to ensure that you're actually having genuine conversations. Mm. And it wouldn't hurt to start talking to your team about what a genuine conversation is. Yeah, we had that conver- that conversation mm-hmm. about genuine conversations. And I did, I did like that. We all kind of went around and talked about what we think a genuine conversation is. And I think we all came to the conclusion that genuine conversations mean that you come in open-minded. Um, you don't shut off your, like... I don't know. I don't want to say mindset, but if oh, that's someone, what I was thinking. Yeah, of. if someone comes in saying something that you don't necessarily agree with, um, you can be open-minded to mm-hmm. understanding that person's perspective. Um, so just a genuine conversation is being open-minded, and there's not judgment. No judgment, exactly. Yeah. So um, the personal histories exercise involves going around a table, <laughs> mm. which like. As adults, we all don't necessarily love, <laughs> um, but it's just having members answer a short list of questions about themselves, but they should not be overly sensitive questions. So you shouldn't be prying and digging, Yeah. Um, but they also should express their personal sides. Mm-hmm. So it has, it's a fine line that you're walking. Yeah. Um, but these questions can include how many siblings do you have mm-hmm. and your favorite hobbies your first job, your worst job, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Because it will give teammates the ability to bond and make connections on a personal level. So I remember one of our teammates in the beginning of the year shared her hobby of sewing. And I am not a person that can sew at Mm -hmm. all. (laughs) But I loved seeing that that, characteristic of hers. Because now I ask her if she's wearing something that she has made. Mm. And it's just... I think it's so cool that she most, can yeah, sew. Yeah, most of the time she is wearing something that she makes herself, so it's kind of awesome. I really want her to make matching, like, skirts for us mm-hmm. for, like, some kind of event. Yes. <laughs> Maybe, like, oh, it's already past the insect, but I, I was know. thinking, like, I insect I wanted an skirts. insect skirt. Yeah. I thought it would be so cute. Um, but at the beginning of the school year, our school does something similar-ish mm-hmm. as an entire school so all 70 some of us sit in a room we actually sit in the cafeteria yeah. um, and every day is allotted to a different grade level mm-hmm. so we typically start with kinder or admin and the next day is first second so on and so forth mm-hmm. um, and this year we said obviously our name what grade how long we've been teaching 
And then we answered the cool question of if you could invite three people to dinner, mm-hmm. dead or alive, who would it be? Mm-hmm. There was no, like, you did not have to explain why. Mm-hmm. You just had to name these three people. Yeah. Which was, I actually really enjoyed hearing everybody's answers yeah and they also every year ask us our love language too, oh yeah which i think is important agreed to understand people's love languages um and i think they take that into account like but like a lot of people is words of affirmation mm-hmm. i've noticed a lot of us have that in common is words of affirmation um and a lot of us like to express whether that's written or verbal because some yes. people don't like verbal affirmation. Me. Um, and some people like written affirmation. At least from coworkers, I don't like verbal, to be oh, honest. Really? I get really like It depends. Awkward. Like if <laughs> Dr. Jeffries were to, in front of the whole staff, say like Skylar did this and it was really cool, I'd be like, thanks. Like I'd really appreciate that. <laughs> and I'm but, over here like double chinning like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it just depends on the person and totally. everything. But I do love that we go around and we tell her we say what our love languages are admin if you're listening it would be super helpful to put because they record it they like write down what everyone's love languages but can we put that on like the SharePoint or somewhere where we can see everybody's love language Mm -hmm. because at times like I've thought to myself like would this person enjoy like a handwritten letter or would they prefer that I eat lunch with them something like that yeah so it would be good to see because you do forget (laughs) as the year gets crazier and crazier yep yep so that's one suggestion suggestion i like that i feel like we should do that as a team just at our next meeting whatever we just go around hey how many siblings does everybody yeah or what was your favorite job and it's really something that we should have started with yeah so maybe next year we'll start with that I think we should. Yeah. Let's make a note. Okay. Put it in our planner. Carter, you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Carter, write it down. <laughs> we love you. Carter should be our Steven. Steven! I know. Except for... We, we can yell Carter all the time. Carter! We would just yell Carter into okay. the microphone. She won't actually be here. <laughs> I guess Henry wants to record with us. You're right. Have we? I just choked on my own saliva. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so suggestion number two, if you don't necessarily want to do the first one is called the team effectiveness exercise so this requires the team to identify the single most important contribution (laughs) thanks henry (laughs) that each of their peers makes to the team that makes me so nervous so you would say what you feel that you give to the team or no, other people no. would say. So like say you're sitting in a room mm-hmm. and we typically sit in a circle yeah. during our meetings, but you would go around and each team member would like, we'd focus on one person. We'd be like, Skylar, you're really good at da 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 da. Yeah. You're really good at making coffees because that's <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> um, but then... They have to also identify an area where this person can improve on. Mm. Um, And that freaks me out. I would, I think I would like that. That's, I I think I would like it, but it's also super intimidating. It is. But I'm thinking like some of us might like that. I can think that like Claudette, I don't think she would like that. Oh, Claudette. Oh, I thought she would love it. Oh, really? She loves feedback. Well, she didn't like the... The, the teammate one the teammate one and but that's I, self-analysis which yeah, is difficult I guess I don't know I would genuinely like to know what everyone thinks I can improve on personally yeah <laughs> you're like I'm no. deep in thought like I want to know mm-hmm. but I I don't know how I would want to go about having that conversation because gotcha. what if it's like you need to be nicer which like <laughs> it's Taylor, not I'm gonna tell you right now that you're really <laughs> mean and I think that you should be nicer to everyone but like ah I wouldn't know how to like respond yeah well and it's funny because Patrick Lynchoni says that at first this task seems dangerous mm-hmm but he says it's remar- remarkable how manageable it can be and how useful that information is. Mm-hmm. And it has a minimum of 60 minutes. So oh, you okay. really do have to take time to think yeah. and process each person. Which, 
let's just say I'm not opposed to trying. Yeah. I mean, that would be something we'd have to like prep for. Be and like, all right, everyone, think of sorry. one thing that every, like, yeah, I, I could see. But that's where that like genuine and that genuine conversation comes in of like you have to be open-minded and yeah. you have to be able to take constructive criticism yeah. because if everyone goes around and says one thing that they think I could improve on if I sit there and like harp on myself for like I don't know I guess it would suck if like somebody went around and said something that I think I'm good at right. and they think I'm not um so I could see how that would hurt but that's where you would take that constructive criticism and run with right. it. And it has to be one area of improvement. It yeah. can't be one area of improvement from each of your team members because that can be, in my opinion, like detrimental to like j- your self-worth. So like if Carter's like, oh, you need to be nicer. And then you were like, oh, you need to be better at doing things on time. And then so someone then else h- like... Where does the... How does it work then? So each team member... I'm confused like where so each team member doesn't tell something of an area of an opportunity for each person well no they do okay but it should be one area to improve on like they should come to a consensus oh, before so we also like, talk about you in front of you like hey we no think that's where I'm like I'm how confused. do you <laughs> but you don't want to sit there and be bashed on yeah but that's what I'm saying like do we all sit there and so, like, you're sitting there, and we're all like, okay, what do we think Taylor could improve on? <laughs> Is that how that conversation goes? I don't goes? think so. Allison, okay. help us. Yeah. I would not imagine, because that would be weird to have that conversation. That's so, that's why but I would I think say it starts with, like, oh, I think, Skylar, you could be better at making copies. Mm-hmm. And then Carter would be like, I, dis- I agree, or I respectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know. Okay. We'll table that one for Let's now. table that. But I would like to know what I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> so then maybe we should just start with that. Everyone think of something that everyone is good at. Yeah. And we'll start with that. Or like you think of everything beforehand mm-hmm. and then yeah, have the person step out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and then no, come to an agreement. I would hate knowing that you all are saying talking about i know (laughs) that okay so that's that's another suggestion feel free to use it okay maybe read the book yeah i was gonna say maybe we'll find that is there like a page that we can look at yeah oh i have it over here but it's called the team effectiveness exercise i can i don't really know where it is but it's on the back of the book because there's a part two there's also a part three um but it just says like all the things that you can do Mm. So you can find it later. I know. Oh, wait, I did mark the page. Silly me. It is in part three. But let's see. Page 200 ish. 200 ish. (laughs) Ish. Cool. Look for it. Oh, nope. Make that 198. (laughs) It's 198. (laughs) 198. I found it. it. So Uh, if you wanted to do a team effectiveness exercise. Read into that. Read into that page. We're not 100%. Oh, I guess I should link the book too. Mm. Yeah. I did say the author. You did. And all the things. Yeah. The five and dysfunctions. so did uh, Allison when we did this episode too. Yeah. Or the past episode. He says that this exercise is more rigorous and relevant than the previous one, but it may involve more risk. Uh-huh. See? Risky it requires team members to identify the single most important contribution that each of their peers makes to the team, as well as one area that they must either improve upon or eliminate for the good of the team. All members then report their responses, focusing on one person at a time, usually beginning with the team leader. So it doesn't really specify like how you go about it. Yeah. While this exercise, I know more about that. While this exercise may seem somewhat intrusive and dangerous at first glance, it's remarkable how manageable it can be, and how much useful information, both constructive and positive, sorry, mm-hmm. can be extracted in about an hour. Hmm. And though the team effectiveness exercise certainly requires some degree of trust in order to be useful, even can relatively dis- what? even a relatively dysfunctional team can often make it work. Let's see, so it doesn't say how to do it. Yeah, Patrick Lincioni, help us out. Patrick, can you uh, DM us <laughs> <laughs> or like email us? Yeah, 
You can email us. That's fine. That's fine. We'll take we'll take it. Speaking of emails, <laughs> Bing. There's an email. So um, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at mine. I have eight emails right now. Eight. Eight. Oi. Oh, it's probably for the field trip. It's all the field trip. Okay, yeah. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I had three. It's fine. Anyway, Taylor's a little butt hurt. It's I am. I'm very butt hurt. <laughs> so, suggestion number three is called the personality and behavior preference profiles, mm-hmm. which is what we did. So oh, okay. we did this. Myers Briggs. Yep, Myers yep. Briggs. Two years ago, beginning of the year, Allison did this with us, mm-hmm. which they suggest that you use somebody to like help have the conversation facilitate thank you yeah that's the word i wanted to say did you, you see I, me start I could, it i could see you start it you went for the f and i was like facilitate yeah because i didn't want to say it wrong <laughs> anyway so <laughs> this task will help to break down barriers and allow others to better understand and empathize with one another yeah they say that you can use the myers-briggs type indicator or there was a different one that they mentioned but they said that they actually really like the Myers-Briggs, which is I what loved, we used. Yeah, I loved the Myers-Briggs. I did too. Was it was great. just a very concise, clear way of describing personalities. Mm-hmm. So it's also known as the MBTI or there is the common one, which is called Everything D-I-S-C. So you can use either. Mm. Both are non-judgmental in nature and they're both founded upon research. Cool. Oh, and it says that they're not founded upon astrology or new age science. Nice. Which I think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm technically a Leo, but I'm not a Leo. Really? Do you know what a Leo is? I don't. Okay. What's Leos a Leo? Leos are like... See, you, I'm, I'm going to look up a Leo because I am not... Yeah, please read it to me. I am like... And people are like... They... Even um, like Matt's family will say, oh, yeah, no, you're not a Leo. Weird. Um, <sighs> the sigh. Well, now like this. Says, OK, this read it, read different. it, read it, read it. OK, well, this says compassion and big heartedness, conscience, con- yep. consciousness, drive and natural leadership are the four main characteristics of a Leo. But from what I've always read, Leos are like very headstrong, very stubborn, like whatever it might be. Matt who is all who is a leo he is a leo like he embodies a leo um and i'm the opposite of him so i've never felt that i'm a leo um and people that i say that i'm a leo they're like no you're not a leo so i can't there's something like where you're a leo but like a something and rising Mm. so it's like whatever your birthday falls and this is i don't know if this is true People that are all into horoscopes, you can DM us. But it's like if you're closer to the previous symbol or Mm -hmm. the coming symbol, you may like show characteristics of that. And that's what I people ask too. But I'm like dead in the middle of. Oh, weird. It's July 23rd to August 22nd. And I'm August 11th. So I'm pretty much. I mean, I guess I'm more. Yeah, you're not stubborn. So that's weird. But yeah. So it's just. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Little tangent. But like zodiac like i've just never felt like i've been um a leo. you can't identify with your zodiac yeah that's fine you have myers-briggs so yeah <laughs> myers-briggs is great it's a personality test not test what do you call it personality indicator, indicator. um jinx uh, <laughs> and it tells you your personality and, and that was really helpful for our team we got to see like i loved it yeah like who brings what to the table essentially and it was nice to see that we weren't like given. Yes, we were all very similar. At least all the leads were, <laughs> we were ENFJs. Mm-hmm. But um, the TAs also brought in like new characteristics, which is super important to have on a team. Yes. But <laughs> for those of you that are wondering, you should look it up. Take the test. Have your significant other take the test. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It is. But in terms of team, you should do it as a team because mm-hmm. it allows you to think and speak and act with one another and you get to read into like what this person is so you know what i should have done hmm. i should have googled myers briggs my ers briggs 4k because i want to go through like i know it's not super important but mm-hmm. like all of the different like categories categories not like mm-hmm. enfj da, 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 but yeah. like you're either an e or an i mm-hmm. so you're either an extrovert or an introvert oh yeah and we both got extrovert do you remember the rest of them? Do you want to Google them? Yeah. 
You talk. Okay, because I can't currently find them. But <laughs> what I wrote on my next bullet point is, we did this one. No, we duh. did. Just talked about it. I loved it. You loved it. And we saw how much we had in common. And it's just kind of fun to like, even as a an entire faculty, we put all of the different personality types on the board in the lounge. And we all went by and wrote our names in what personality type we were. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to see just how everyone was so different yeah. yet similar. There were ways. a lot of ENFJs though. Do you remember that? There were. And you know, it's so weird. It's like, now that you could see that on paper, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Like why we connected on mm-hmm. that level. So it's E or I, so extrovert or introvert. Um, do you want me to read like the actual little things or? Uh, no. No. Okay. And then there's S or N, so sensors or intuitives. So Okay, sen- read those. Yeah. Sensors are realistic people who like to focus on the facts and details. They apply common sense and past experience to find practical solutions to problems. Intuitives prefer to focus on possibilities and the big picture. Um, they easily see patterns and value innovation and seek creative solutions to problems. Oh, well, I'm then definitely the second one. Yeah, so we are ends. Um, Then there's T or F, so thinkers or feelers. So thinkers tend to make their decisions using logical analysis, Mm -hmm. whereas feelers tend to be sensitive and cooperative and decide based on their own personal values. So we are F, feelers. Um, And then there's J or P, so judgers or perceivers. So judgers tend to be organized and prepared, like to make and stick to plans and are comfortable following most rules that's very much the truth us um perceivers prefer to keep their options open like to be able to act um spontaneously and like to be flexible with making plans so that was weird i wish i was flexible i know but like you think of judges and i remember when they were at first they were like judges and we were like what oh i I don't want to be a judge but then it has nothing to do with like actually judgment judgment so well and it if you look on Mm verywellmind.com it breaks up all the different like combinations that you can get yeah that's what i was looking at and we were at are you at this website no, I'm honestly just on Google oh, Images. Gotcha, gotcha. And it does so all we that. were ENFJ, which not that you care, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's called they get the label the giver, and there's like the inspector, the crafter, the protector, the artist, the advocate, the mediator, the architect, the thinker, the persuader, the director, the performer, the caregiver, the companion, the giver, the debater, and the commander. So you should mm. definitely look at what you are because maybe it'll help you tap into like how you best function yeah so yeah and be more understanding when people don't approach things the same way that you do so do that super fun i'm gonna send you this website we should link this website let's do it okay well we are at 40 some minutes but do you there are two more strategies if you want to hear it sure one of them super risky oh so they say risky one okay 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 this is suggestion number four and this is called the 360 degree feedback, Yee. which that sounds scary. Sounds very risky. <laughs> um, so this one is where you have your peers make judgments, specific judgments, and you can provide one another with constructive criticism. So let's see here. We have, I think this is page 200. Eh, I'll look at it later. But it's used as a developmental tool to help identify the strengths and weaknesses without any repercussions. And it should not be tied to your job, basically. So it's kind of like the one that we did before, mm-hmm. but not based upon like your so job. So it's like you as a human? I think so. What? So, okay, I'll read the paragraph. Page 200. 360 degree feedback. These tools have been have become popular over the past 20 years, and you can produce powerful results for a team. They are riskier than any of the tools or exercises described so far because they call for peers to make specific judgments and provide one another with constructive criticism. The key to making a 360-degree program work, in my opinion, that's him saying that, <laughs> is divorcing entirely from compensation and formal performance evaluation. Rather, it should be used as a developmental tool. 
one that allows employees to identify strengths and weaknesses without any repercussions. By being even slightly connected to formal performance evaluation or compensation, 360-degree programs can take a dangerous political take on dangerous political undertones. So basically, I think it's saying like you don't focus on the job, you focus mm-hmm. on I don't maybe like what's what's smart about Patrick in this book is that like he doesn't straight up like give you answers. He mm-hmm. like wants you to do further digging and research, yeah. you know, to like make sure that you're doing the right thing, but providing okay. suggestions and like paths that you can take with your team. Mm. I don't know if I'd, I'd want to partake in that one, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And there's one more suggestion number five. And this is the last one of the group. This one's called the ex- experiential team exercise, which can be super fun. Our school kind of does this as mm-hmm. like an entire network and ours is coming up in February, but this is basically when like you do experiences with, your team Um, so like our school has us get together and um I should say our network has us get together and you can go on a hike you can do a seminar you can do like go to the zoo yeah and have experiences together which is super fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it says rope courses and other experiential team activities have seemed to lost some of their luster over the course of the past 10 years and deservedly so which like yeah I would not want to go rock climbing nor like roping or (laughs) any of the things maybe i'd go ziplining with our school i would love to (laughs) zipline are you kidding that'd be so fun he says still many teams do them with the hope of building trust and while there are certainly some benefits derived from rigorous and creative outdoor activities involving collective support and cooperation those benefits do not always translate directly to the working world That being said, experiential team exercises can be valuable tools for enhancing teamwork as long as they are layered upon more fundamental and relevant processes. Hmm. So it's like you should be doing a sprinkling of outdoor activities, rigorous activities. And our school a while back before we started, we hear stories of how the teams had to choose like an activity for the faculty to do on Wednesdays and um the second grade team did like a picnic outside once and Mm -hmm. then someone did like gingerbread houses so yeah just experiences for you to like get together and yeah basically hang out I like like that one (laughs) I do too maybe not a rope course maybe I don't know it'd be funny if like I think it's like certain teachers that are so much fun to be around. <laughs> like shout out to Gaia. <laughs> like, I would love to do that with them. Oh gosh. Anyway, cool. Any last comments? Trust. Oh, oh that's my dog. Henry dog at the window. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, as you were saying, um, I was just gonna say trust. Trust your team and. Yeah, and if you don't trust your team, do some of these exercises so that you can. Be open to trusting your team. And be open to building and growing with your team. Yeah. I can't even get up to shut the door. I apologize. <laughs> You're just going to hear dogs barking in the background. It's fine. That's all right. Um, positive. Give me a positive. Oh, yeah. Positive of the day. Oh, my gosh. Um, We have our field trip. Our first field trip coming up. Where I told the kids... Because uh, technically we have one per semester, but I, me being the uh, special events person, couldn't find a field trip for us last semester. So um, they get two this semester. <laughs> and they're going to be so much fun. They're like back to back too because Westward, the Westward expansion wasn't, is, it's in February. Though. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it has to be before thir- fourth quarter because I went on it with you guys when I was in kindergarten. Do you remember that? Yeah, you're right. And I was in, and that's when COVID hit. Yeah. So it's got to be in third quarter. So yeah. we get two field trips in a quarter. It's going to be so much fun, though. I'm I excited. love this. We're going trips. to the Musical Instrument Museum. Fun. Yeah. So I think that's, well, I guess that's an upcoming positive, but mm-hmm. today I got my coffee and I got to meet up with my big from my sorority oh, yeah. way back when, and she had a baby five months ago, and he is just a precious little baby and i love him taylor has baby fever. i have mad baby fever <laughs> mad baby fever I i'm go fine back and forth i'm like i really 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 want a baby but i also uh you want to travel i want to like, travel yeah 
Yeah. Yep. I totally get that. Yep. But like my baby fever is <laughs> screaming. It's funny because you have a, two dogs. So you would think your baby fever would have yeah. subsided a little bit when nope. you got another puppy. But not at all. <laughs> I think it's because they're really good they are. around kids. Mm-hmm. And they're <laughs> Henry's mm-hmm. head is currently on Skylar's lap and he's loving every second of it. Hi, baby. He's such a good boy. Yes, you are. But yeah, my baby fever <laughs> will probably not subside anytime soon either. Yeah. What's your positive? Um, My positive. So my TA was out the past two days. um, And honestly, it was so calm. I think the students were like, were aware, you know, I was by myself. Mm -hmm. So 30 kids, one teacher. They catch on. Um, They catch on. And they were so calm. And um, Dr. Jeffries happened to walk in when they were all doing what they were supposed to be doing. I was my, I had best. my reading group that was just reading on their own while I was passing out packets and she came in and she's like, kind of like, Hey, do you need anything? I was like, no, I'm good. And so she left me a really nice note of just like, Hey, you're amazing. So that's like what that, that encouragement that I need. Um, and it's kind of nice to know that I kind of, I, I tell admin, Hey, like, if my TA is ever out, mm-hmm. please don't put anyone in my room. I don't need an extra person. I'm the type that I'm like, I don't want to think about what kind of things I can give right. someone else if I can just do it myself. So, and they were very much like, yeah, we know you're fine. Well, and <laughs> so it's just that it's nice. I love that they come around and do that. Mm-hmm. Administrators, if you don't do that you should definitely leave just little happy notes yes in your teacher's classrooms because it was literally just a little sticky note yeah. that said you're amazing all of your students know exactly what to do and I put it on yeah like, I hung it up <laughs> I, I keep like, them I keep them yeah and it might not seem like a lot but it means so much yeah when you it's get that those. encouragement that I really need especially starting out this quarter so absolutely yep that's all mine. right well we will catch you what is it next week don't know what we're gonna do yet yeah we'll that's gonna be great and we will talk to you then in the meantime check us out on the gram teachers underscore talk underscore one wedness what witness <laughs> what? <laughs> what is happening to hey send us an email oh at teachers talk podcast at gmail.com let us know if there's anything you want to hear from us about does that sound dude make sense? our brains are done i don't think that's done made sense but you know what i mean oh so. my lanta rate review subscribe only if you liked it at this point because okay, okay. Yeah, i apologize <laughs> love you all okay, bye, i'm gonna going. peace out yeah, bye. before we say anything else bye bye <laughs>